right, welcome back to the Black Techies Podcast, where Black culture meets the world of technology. I'm your host, David. Uh, I'm joined by, once again, Herb and Dominique, and we got Marcus Shoot on here. It's been like forever since he's been on, but he's back. And we got my wife on here. Man, yeah. that's when you know it's serious. When you got, <laughs> when you got the, when you got longtime members coming back. You got spouses coming on. It, it's, it's serious. And so, as, this is packet stealer. Right. <laughs> I do you might not like that one, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, well, that's before all that. Uh, you all know what to do. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Black Techies. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Black Techies Podcast. And, of course, join the Black Techies Collective if you want to talk about all of this stuff. Because, as you can see by the title of this episode, you already know what's going down. So we just going to hop right into it. Um, as you all already know, uh, we lost the man, the myth, the legend, Chadwick, Chadwick uh, Bozeman. Uh, just as a, a brief little synopsis, I mean, he's, he's very well known for... Uh, some of the biopics that he's done with uh, James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and of course, of course, he's well known for being the Black Panther in the, in the MCU. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away in, on August 28th from colon cancer. Uh, I think it's a maybe a four-year bout with uh, colon cancer. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been rough. Like it, 2020 has already been rough, but then like th- this was just like the the straw that broke the camel's back in a way, you know, it's like, wait, <laughs> uh, can't can just, just spare us someone. Right. But unfortunately, uh, it's happening. So I, I what I want to do is kind of go around, uh, the, the, the room, so to speak, and just kind of get everyone's reactions to, uh, his death, his, his life, you know, how, what, what, uh, how did he inspire you or what did you like about maybe some of his films or something or so, uh, I know my wife kind of has to dip, so we're going to start with her. Uh, babe, thank you for being on. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you have the floor and uh, go ahead and, 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 and speak your mind. So when this happened, um, I, hadn't, I hadn't cried for any celebrity since, I want to say Whitney. So I've only cried for Michael Jackson when he passed and... Whitney Houston and I bawled at her um, funeral when it was um, cast and I didn't think I would do the same for Chadwick I guess it was just really like you said the straw that brought the camels back of all that's been happening to 2020 like I've been trugging along just keeping going like okay whatever whatever's going on in politics whatever's going on in the world um, but this hit hard um he was really just this consummate performer who was just excellent in what he did. And for four years, he gave us Thurgood Marshall. He gave us Jackie Robinson and James Brown um, and so many other films. And he all, and he did this all while battling um, cancer going through chemotherapy, going through whatever surgeries he may have had to go through, and you just didn't know it. You were not aware of it, and it really broke me, and I just I just had to let it all out, and I cried. And um, I think for him, he was really what 
for a lot of people, this what we had when we were younger, when we saw our black actors and actresses on the TV, you know, screen, he was that for the younger generation. So it's kind of like, what now? And a lot of people are saying to keep this going, you need to add Shuri, you need to have her carry it. So he was that for the little boys and she needs to be that for the little girls. So right now I'm just kind of, you know, processing it, but kind of hoping that Marvel would do his passing justice and carrying on that mantle um, to whoever is next so that our little black girls can have someone hopefully to look up to as our, um, as our black boys did, but as also as our culture had with him. So, but yeah. Are you, uh, did you want to stay on or were you going to, going to hop on out? Um, I'm going to hop on out unless anybody wants to say anything after that, but yeah. Well, I will say that I, so there's come, there's a, um, canon, canonical uh, um, precedent with Shuri taking the mantle, but yeah. because he like he we I think we need another movie of T'Challa, something happening to T'Challa to make like the way that last movie ended, it wouldn't make sense if this movie just had Shuri yeah. as the Black Panther. Right. But maybe they can use um, all the technical wizardry that we have and just like kind of give him a, like a five to ten minute at the beginning of the movie reason to pass the mantle and we don't have to do what I expect right. them to do which is put out Black Panther 2 that doesn't give Shuri the mantle and has some other dude as Black Panther, John Boyega or some British dude. It's going to be some British dude. Ain't no more black American male actors uh, unless it's going to be Sam Jackson. So I don't know it's gonna be some British dude playing uh playing T'Challa, and we're all gonna criticize critique him because he's not Chadwick Boseman. Nobody can be Chadwick Boseman, and uh, I mean, I like you said, I do think that it is. I hope that the next movie finds a way to transition to Shuri because the 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 the, the our young black girls as a as a girl dad, I want them to see themselves in superheroes just like I want young black men to see themselves in superheroes too. Even though they were they did get to see themselves in Shuri. Shuri was a prominent part of that movie and she was the dopest. She was one of the dopest characters on the movie, not to mention uh uh Okoye and Nakia. So well I'll just uh I'll just say this. Um if and I this is a big huge giant um if they choose somebody to replace Chadwick um I don't think it's going to be the John Boyega lane. It's going to be something along the lines of somebody who's already played a character, played that character in some other form or fashion. I, you know, first person that comes to mind is Jaiman Hansu, who played uh, Black Panther in Marvel Knights version of Black Panther, the animated version. Um, but I mean, I'm just, about 50 years old. Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways that could be done. That could be done, but um, I'll just I'll piggyback off of what uh, Miss Matthews um, just conveyed. Uh, to be honest, man, I mean, if those of y'all know me. I'm a DC native. I grew up right down the street from Howard, and the fact that this guy was able to make this kind of impact on our culture this quickly during such a short amount of time 
just speaks volumes. It speaks volumes about not just about the type of guy that he was, but it speaks volumes about the greater message and quality that schools like Howard, schools like Tennessee State, schools like Alabama State, Alabama A&M, you name it. <laughs> I mean, he... I think why this hurts so many people, particularly in our, you know, the folks that are within our community as HBCU products, is that he's the best of us. He's the best cross-section you can think of. You think about cats that you've run across on campus during your time at school and just something you couldn't put your finger on, but you know that dude's going to wreck it when he gets out there. That was Chadwick. If you uh, I hear an echo. I don't know. Uh, before you go, uh, or before you before you go on, rather, um, Mian, was there anything else you wanted to add before? I um, want to just uh, no. Um, to what um to what was said earlier um about pants in the mantle, I actually agree with it. Um, the way that I explained it to someone that when we were at church, a friend of ours is that the way they did it for Captain America, I don't know if they can do the same. Like it was just like an ease of, okay, we're okay with this. He gave us, I don't know how many movies. Um, and we're, it was okay for him to pass that along, um, in the way that he did it and the way that it ended. So with all technology, the way that they carried, um, Oh, she escapes me. Star Wars. Um, oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> right? Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. The way that they, you know, I don't know if they need to do it better, or I didn't see that. And you know, in the movie, I just know they, they, you know, carried her on um, even after she passed in some way that they can, you know, honor her, um, honor her, but honor him in a passing way um, to Shuri. That would, that would, I think be the best thing to do instead of like you know like you said just here's a movie and then she just picks it up and you're just like okay so what yeah on a side note man I mean four years this dude knew that he had stage three colon cancer for four years didn't say a word gave everything that he had to every project that he had and to everybody else besides himself if that doesn't speak to the type of character, the type of person that Chadwick was, nothing will. I mean, and that's kind of why, you know, as new more news comes out, that's kind of why this hits so hard because you knew what kind of quality dude Chadwick was. You didn't have to know him to know that. You know, you knew him by how he carried himself, how he, you know, how he repped HBCUs whenever he, whenever he, he had the opportunity, how he catered to the least of us. And it was really, it hurt. It hurt a lot. And I can understand how people could really internalize it the way that they have, because you didn't have to know him to feel like that dude was a part of your extended family. Mm. You know, that's... That's the type of emotions that he evoked with his, you know, with within his craft and in terms of 
how he carried himself around others and toward others. So in terms of um in terms of how they, you know, passing the mantle and and a lot of things, I think this also gives Josh Whedon and those guys in the Marvel brain trust a you know, even though this is really tragic, it gives them a unique opportunity. It gives them a unique opportunity to to have even more voices of color, even more representation, you know, and within the framework of their Marvel universe. I can, you know, I was thinking about this prior to getting on, and there's so many characters that don't get the run, that don't get talked about, that tell incredible stories. And I think we talked about this about a in a podcast long, long ago, <laughs> a couple of seasons, a season or two ago. And we were talking about, you know, folks like Blue Marvel. We were talking about uh, characters along those lines that tell the story of African-Americans. Um, Blue Marvel in particular was, is crazy because this guy was, uh, you know, this, you know, his introduction happened during Marvel, during World War II and the Cold War. You know, he essentially was, you know, saving the planet whenever he had to until folks found out he was black. And then, you know, America tried to kind of hush him away. Um, even though that's kind of a minor example, there are a lot of ways that, that the creative team at Marvel could, you know, give him the send off that he deserves and do so in a way that will give audiences the type of satisfaction that they need because you can't just write this dude off. I just do it out of, out of the, you know, and just say, oh, well, something happened to him. He got killed. Nah, man, that's not going to work. So, um, but yeah, I think, um, like I said earlier, I, I echo uh, Mrs. Matthews' pain <laughs> because, you know, this sucks. It, it really does. Given, you know, what we've seen during the course of 2020, who's still around, who's still healthy and kicking. We're not going to say no names. But some of the best of us are, you know, are gone. And I mean, that's, that's not, you know, just Chadwick either. We had Cliff Robinson, of, you know, of UConn die. And, you know, Lute Olsen as me as a basketball fan, a college basketball fan. Lute Olsen is, you know, one on the Mount Rushmore college basketball coaches to me. But. You know, this is just an example of how this year has kind of taken a toll. And and like she said, this is, you know, veritably the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people mm-hmm. in terms of, damn, okay, man, can 2020 just go somewhere, please? Can we just pay you off and, and roll out, <laughs> you know, anything? Just just let us go. Just leave us be. But Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I would be remiss, and I know Dom and Roberto, you know, um, not to speak for them, but I would I would think they would agree, you know, them being really big Marvel heads themselves, just how big this is, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah and it's, I will. It's I will, rough, and I won't. Yeah, go ahead. Um, oh. 
I'm no, sorry. I was just oh. going to say, like, I, I definitely agree. No, no, ladies first. I definitely agree. And it's like even bigger than just being Marvel fan, but especially as a Marvel fan, it, it's like one of the dudes you thought was invincible and that, that hurts even more. But I do appreciate, um, you know, we say a lot in the social media you, um, with the passing of so many celebrities, we need to give them their roses now. We need to, you know, say how much we appreciate them now while they're still living. That Jimmy Fallon ep- episode um, where he was standing behind the curtain and people were walking up to the picture of him and giving him praise and he came out behind from behind he got his roses. And that to me was kind of a way that we mm-hmm. all said, thank you. How much you impacted us, how much you made a difference for they They spoke for mm-hmm. all of us and he got his roses. And, you know, I really hope that he, he realized that how much he made, um, he made a difference, how much he, how, how he mm-hmm. impacted people. So um, at least it, for me, he got his roses. He he was showing his love and he he knew it. So but thank you for this opportunity. I when he, David said that you yeah. guys were gonna do this, I was like, I need to get this out. I need to say this. Um just kind of hopefully, you know, move on from here <laughs> and just just be like, all right, twenty twenty. We're just gonna push through. Just but yeah. So yeah. I will pass this on to whomever is next, but Bye, guys. Well, I mean, I'm going to see you in like, you know, 30 minutes, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. uh, 30 minutes. Thanks for coming, but he ain't telling the truth. Ain't going to be no 30 minutes. It won't be. But, uh, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But, uh, although that said, you know, my daughter has school tomorrow, so we ain't trying to. (laughs) But, uh, but, uh, Ashley, I kind of want to, uh, pass it to, to, to shoot there. He says we haven't heard from him in like two years. Yeah. If you uh, <laughs> <laughs> call him out. Bye, bro. I right. Love yeah. Bye, man. That's, that's kind of dope. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's been a lot. I started to try to write something um, on Twitter. I would say you know when I first read the news and it was just difficult for me to process and to put it into words. Um, you know, I think that all of you all agree, you know, when we find someone or some person um, in the public uh, spectrum that looks like us that where you can identify with, you kind of gravitate towards them. And just like when Kobe died, you feel like you lost a piece of your collective family. And so um, mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, something like Black Panther, because I, I remember when, when, you know, back when you first had this idea to create this group, to create this podcast is to highlight you know, our culture and, and, the, and how, you know, we're extremely diverse and we're not just set into certain categories of, of interest and likes. And, you know, being able to deep dive in the quote unquote nerd, you know, that we feel that we are because not a lot of people in the mainstream, at least, or mainstream media talk about that. And so being able to connect with him and knowing his connection to, you know, HBCUs, <clears throat> and knowing who he represented, you know, it just feels like I said, just a great loss. And I posted a poem um, by Will Allen Drumgool that talks about the bridge builder. And so many of what I felt like, so much of what I felt like he did in his works um, was about 
creating a path for somebody else to come after him, knowing, you know, he knew that he may not, you know, make it. <clears throat> and I read on Twitter, somebody said it was almost like he told his agent to just cast me for legends only as if to say, like, he understands the work that he's going to be doing and what he's putting in is going to go for generation to generation um, and how it spans so many different genres from sports to law. I mean, for me to see, you know, him embody um, an attorney who became a Supreme Court justice as an attorney for me is just inspiring. Um, so, you know, th those are just some of my thoughts that I had just, you know, trying to process everything. No, that's 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 good. More importantly, uh, he had the skill to be able to portray those. He didn't feel out of place or miscast. I never saw him play a bad role. I never saw him do something that I didn't believe. Right. And it, I mean, it's just it's such a rare talent to be able to to say that you were a Marvel superhero, uh, the first uh, black man to play in the major leagues, the one of the one of our legendary music artists. Like, who is this dude that he can do all this? Shit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, right. And I think the I think the coolest thing about watching Chad work at work was that he absorbed those roles. He became Thurgood Marshall. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about a young Thurgood Marshall rolling through the South, you know, part of my language pissing white folk off. He absorbed that. Mm -hmm. The same thing with Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. Same thing with you know the most recent movie, him as a detective and and you know, in that movie, you know, 21 Bridges. 21 Bridges, yeah. Now Brooklyn, you know. Very good movie. And um, mm -hmm. like I said, as, you know, after news of his passing came out, um, you know, you started hearing stories from, you know, celebs, you know, finding out Denzel Washington's involvement with him was crazy. I mean, that, I mean, <clears throat> Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad is a teacher. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, same thing with Angela, Angela Bassett. You know, Angela mm -hmm. was there when, you know, Chadwick was escorting her when, when she got her honorary degree at Howard. You know, and full circle, now they're acting together in Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? It's, there mm -hmm. are a lot of things that are coming out that, again, you know, really speaks to the type of cat that he was and that he represents. And I think, um, you know, the greater, besides his passing, I think the greater message here is that, you know, like I said earlier, for, you know, folks that, that love HBCUs, for folks that, you know, have legacies and histories at HBCUs, it sucks that he's gone. In the same vein, he's the best, you know, he's a representation of the cross-section of HBCUs, of students that go, of people that support them, that, you know, they're the best, they're the absolute best of what not just HBCUs have to offer, but black folk in general. Because, I mean, in light of this happening, you know, as as tragic as it is, you know, how much shine have we gotten, you know, over the past over this summer, in terms of you know, you know, showcasing what HBCU culture and and impact is about? I mean, this show in particular, we've talked about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is starting to come is come about just within this specific narrow space, but 
you know, the conversation about that aspect of, you know, our existence here is at the forefront. You know, we have a vice presidential can candidate. That's a Howard University grad. You know, uh, and AKA. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, divine nine. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of us that are at the forefront of major businesses, industry. I know Robert Johnson. You know, even though this latest news he got, you know, he's been in has been kind of you know us. You know, you you want to forget about that part, but. You know, just the nature of the news that's coming out about the impact that, you know, folks that have gone through this process to get into into those industries is having, you know, and Chadwick is probably the best example of that. You know, if I can, uh, if I can share just a quick little um, note. So uh, I don't know when he posted it, but um, the guy who directed Creed and Black Panther, Ryan Coogler, he put out a, a pretty lengthy statement about uh, about Chadwick, and uh, one one of the anecdotes he noted was that uh, he was watching a uh, like an uh, an unfinished version of Captain America: Civil War, and uh, the part you know the the part where he was interacting with his father T'Chaka, uh, you know they were speaking in I don't I don't want to butcher the name of the language, <laughs> but uh, Say it again. Corsa. Yeah, that. So uh, they were speaking that, right? And and yeah. that's uh, that's that's a real language. It's spoken in uh, South America, South South Africa, and uh, and in other places, I, I I believe. But here here's the wild thing. So uh, Kugler was saying that. So he asked one of the producers if they made up the language. I guess he had never heard it before, and they're like, "No, nah, this is uh, John, the guy who played Chaka, John Connie. That was his native language." And so him and uh, Chadwick were just talking in this language. Like, so Chadwick learned the lines in that language on the spot. Like, it was yeah, nothing. Was and so then they made <laughs> like, so and then and it, because of that though, they made that the language, or they based uh, the Wakanda language off of it, mm -hmm. just because of that. <laughs> so he he learned all of his. Well, he said, uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? He um, the decision to have uh, have the, to be the official language of Wakanda was solidified by Chad, a native of South Carolina, because he was able to learn his lines on the spot, like. I mean, like that—that—that's an actor right there. I mean, you can learn an entirely new, learn your lines at least for an entirely new language, or yeah, learn your lines in an entirely new language on the spot, and then just have that be the... and give it meaning. Right. Yeah. We're and... not even talking. Yeah, we're not even talking yeah. about how that's... to pronounce how to pronounce the words, how to you know use. And that's not a natural. He's from South Carolina. This dude ain't like you know what I'm saying. Like he's from South Carolina, and he is speaking. Like yeah. it's hard as I just I had to practice for like an hour to just you say Kosa. <laughs> That's not a natural thing that we do in English. And he not even from he from the south where they don't do English like that down there. Yeah. Down here. So I, I think it's really impressive. Look, you like the southern people are angry at us. Uh, <laughs> no, it's I mean, but it is difficult. <laughs> it is very difficult to speak a different language with meaning. Um, you know, growing up listening to a lot of Latin artists, and then during that little moment where Ricky Martin and Mark Anthony got famous, and you had 
native Latin speakers doing their songs in English and singing and the emotion wasn't there. Like Shakira um, did a couple, did an album in English and I could listen to it and be like, yeah, doesn't sound the same way because you don't feel the words that you're saying. And for him to deliver the, I watched Civil War last night. Um, you know, I was like, I'm going to do something else and I'm going to watch Civil War at the same time. And of course I ended up just watching Civil War um, and just kind of mourning at the same time. Cause I was like, I'm gonna put on Black Panther, but I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I'm not that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that brave yet. Like, I'm I'm gonna watch it in like two weeks, cause I usually watch it like once every couple weeks or something like that, just because I love the movie. Um, I, I think it's it's commendable for everything that David just said about Ryan Coogler, um, and even more so about Chad, for him to look at that stuff and be like, all right, well, I could do this, and not just. I'm going to do it and I'm going to say it right, but I'm going to do it properly. Um, I'm not even going to, I mean, because people love Scarface and that was a horrible accent. He wasn't even speaking a different language. He was just <laughs> doing a crappy Cuban accent and people love that movie. And yet here's this man delivering a fantastic, fantastic. Uh, now, again, I'm not uh, second generation African, so I'm sure there's some kids that would be like, no, that didn't sound like when he was speaking English, he didn't, the accent wasn't good. But even with the subtitles coming on and you kind of getting, especially the conversation he had before we lost King T'Chaka, that was a conversation like I could have with my own dad. Like that was a, a, a heartfelt moment that I think gave a lot of introspection into what we were going to see in Black Panther. Right. It's, it's hard to introduce people briefly in a movie and then have them kind of outshine everybody. Yeah. I mean. And he did outshine everybody. <laughs> I mean, that dude. Mm-hmm. Black Panther. It was, I mean, it was hard. Yeah. Black Panther's introduction into the MCU was just like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. All the others were just like, oh. He's the best part yeah. of a lot of yeah. people's favorite uh, Marvel movie is Winter Soldier. And Black Panther's the best part of that movie. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, it's good stuff, man. Like, you can't even. There, there's no way to minimize that or just say like, well, you, of course, you would say that you're a black nerd. So, like, of course, okay, seeing Black Sorry. Panther pop up, is like, I'm like, no, that's not even it. Like, as a huge, as a kid from Queens who always grew up loving Spider-Man because Stan Lee used to draw him in neighborhoods that I recognized. Spider-Man was introduced in that movie, and I was like, oh, Spider-Man, but look at you know, it was, it was so much more like of, a, of an energetic moment for me watching that again, even watching it again last night, I knew it was coming. I know what was going to happen and watching him pop up and give Bucky the hands on the rooftop after Bucky done beat up 40 Spesnox guys or something like that. Like he beat up all them dudes, <laughs> you know, like in, in, in the gap fall line and then jumped off a building onto another building and then was promptly Smacked around until I mean, if Steve didn't come help him, that would have been a wrap right there. That would have been the end of the movie. <laughs> and he got shot by a helicopter. He was taking fire from a helicopter, and that's probably the thing I remember from the trailer the most. The helicopter was shooting him, and he looked annoyed, like he was wearing a mask. You couldn't see his face, but the way that he looked up, like you don't see, I'm like I'm busy. You don't <laughs> see, I'm doing something right now. Like, and, how, like how, it, how do you everything about? 
<laughs> How do you shrug? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's what it is. It's doing. a Gatling gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like somebody's hanging out of a helicopter with a minigun on you, and you just like, I'm what right when I finish this, I'm a, I swear I'm gonna come to you. Just let me right. <laughs> put a pin in that and let me come back to you. It's it's um I have a whole like emotional tie to Black Panther that once you know like I I'll try not to go on a tangent, but I wanna like I, I've been like working all day and I've been doing stuff and I purposely like let me go change my shirt. Take a shower and come over here and make sure I get ready to be on this, to do this because uh, Black Panther came out on February sixteenth, two thousand eighteen. My dad died on February seventeenth, the day after, and I remember watching him struggle with his father's death and thinking to myself, like, my dad wasn't young, you know what I'm saying? My dad was born in nineteen thirty-five, so you can do the math on that. Um, but I still, he'd been in and out the hospital and it didn't really ever bother me. And I got that call that he was in the hospital and I was like, I went and saw Black Panther the night before, like I was hyped and like my dad was in the hospital and I was like, I'll go see him. And you know, he didn't make it. And it was rough dealing with that. It was rougher still because I went and saw it for free, like a week later with, uh, some of my friends. And I cried watching the movie, and they was like, dang, Roberto must really like Black Panther. And it was, again, watching T'Challa and T'Chaka's interaction and watching him try to essentially tell him, like, I can't do this without you. And him saying, like, yo, if you can't, then I failed as a father, and have I ever failed you? Mm. And, again, watching their interaction, and, again, I get it. Like, I'm emotionally biased to like it more than I should. But really, you might, I should probably should have hated it because it made me deal with a lot of painful emotions that I probably wasn't ready to deal with yeah. at the watching, the second watching of it. The first watching of it, I took my wife and my kid, you know, we went in there, we was cheering and having a good time. The second time I watched it, I watched it with completely different eyes. And it was something that I don't know if, you know, when you do art, especially films and video games and the point of it is to be evocative um and you know paintings rap music anything i don't know if i was prepared to have uh such emotional reaction to anything especially the it's a comic book movie about a guy that dresses up as a cat and runs around africa like how can you possibly how is that how do you relate to that and I related to it very well. Um, I saw a lot of that movie as therapy. And I saw a lot of what Chadwick did, especially watching him play James Brown. And then coming back and watching that again. Um, I will say, like, to Chadwick's credit, that was the first time I've ever understood anything James Brown said. And he did a very good job of walking that line between... Uh, just the coolest man alive talking and incoherent gibberish, which is James Brown's like niche, like right in there. He stays in that pocket. So I guess learning a, a whole different language for him was nothing new. Uh, but watching him convey that anger 
watching him convey the sadness, watching him go through all these emotions where he realized that his father was human. And I think a lot of us as fathers and also as sons um, struggle with that sometimes because we want to be everything. We want to be the best we can be. We want to do all these things. And when we fail, we're harder on ourselves than most anybody would. I mean, I know that there's like single mom struggle and, you know, most of the time the world is like, hey, you know what? You're doing the best you can. You do everything. Moms in with husbands and full support and all that stuff struggle and they get that same pat on the back. You know, as a father, sometimes you feel like, hey, man, you know, I'm struggling and the world doesn't really care. I just got to either man up or, you know, if I do good, then no one respects it because you know, kid gets in the major leagues and he says, hi, mom. Uh, even though you don't want to taught him how to run and taught him how to catch and kick and do all this stuff. And I felt like Sachala did such a good job of really loving and being loved by his parents and really connecting because Angela Bassett, any of us could see Angela Bassett right now. I think Angela is what, 62 or something like that now? <laughs> Angela still looked like she could have been Chad's love interest. Dude, bro, she was already forty. I think I think Angela Bassett. <laughs> I think Angela Bassett is like a low key celestial because she looks like she's like twenty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. she looked. You know, what I'm saying like you looked at her and you're like, oh, okay. So I know that's Angela, and then and she transforms herself into the queen mother, and you're just like that conversation, the relationship, the way that she interacts with Shuri and T'Challa in the movie is fantastic. But you know, again. I think Chad ties everything in together. And I saw a lot of critiques of the movie that Chad was the least interesting part of that movie. And those people will be, I found that amazing because I thought, yeah, I was like, I loved him in the movie, but at the same time, he was the, you know how they say in the jokes there, you got the the crazy one, you got the straight man. And T'Challa played the straight man. He played the one that was always grounded. He played the one, he played the one that, always was on top of stuff because he didn't feel like he had a choice. Like he always had to be perfect for lack of a better word to explain it and watching him kind of move through that and then get beat down and then realize, Hey, look, you know what? I can't do this without everybody else. Like he embodied a lot of vulnerability and power. And it was like everything that you could ask for in a superhero and ain't nobody had thrown no green rocks at him to make him <laughs> <laughs> feel vulnerable for a moment. Um, and I just thought he did a fantastic job uh, in everything that he played in, like everything I've seen. Like I watched 21 Bridges and it's a, it's a cop movie and you're like, yeah, I get it. The dirty cops and the thing that, but you looking at it and you like, all right, T'Challa, what you about to do? What you about to solve a case? And you're watching it and you're like, Oh, this is, he's playing a whole different other person. You know, he's not, and sorry, Anthony Mackie, but sometimes Anthony Mackie, you watch him play in things and you like, he's not really that good outside of being Falcon. <laughs> I haven't seen Alter Carver, so I have no idea how he is. <laughs> uh, sorry, Anthony. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he's okay the- in it. Like, you know. Uh, well, there's yeah. a reason he's not listed as one of the goats. Like, we're not, you know, we're not knocking, no, we're not knocking nobody, but, you know. He's uh yeah, yeah. I, I when I look at him, I see Papa Doc, and I don't know how to not see that. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll say this. Look, he lost the battle. He he can't get no no nicknames from me. He's yeah. Clarence. Uh, but I mean, just to kind of piggyback off of Roberto just kind of laid out. I'm just outside of Black Panther. I know. You know, folks that know me outside of the black techies know that I'm a big, I'm a big history guy, particularly our own, you know, black history and American history as it relates to it. And um, Thurgood was something that it, it evoked a lot. Um, if you're familiar with, you know, Thurgood Marshall's early days, you know, that dude spent the majority of his t- early days roaming the South fighting, you know, for equal access to education, you know, and amongst other things, and really risking his well-being doing so. Um, The way he played that part, and you'll have some people that look at the movie and be like, oh, well, that didn't say a lot to me. It said a lot to me, because during that period of time, you know, you're taking your life in your hands, you know, you know, crossing the border, crossing, crossing the state lines. Once you cross into Virginia and you start going down south and going further south during that period of time, you say or do the wrong thing to the wrong person, you can be ended up as some strange fruits from somebody's tree. So as a, as a side note, if you go down 95, Ah, I forgot what exit. I want to say exit 135, something like that. There's a, a big old Confederate flag just oh, yeah. out and proud. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it, in Virginia, I pass that all the time whenever we go to North Carolina. It's yeah. like it's like it's only a few exits south of uh of Potomac Mills. Right. <laughs> so it's not even that uh, that far away. And it's so Fredericksburg area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. <sighs> we know about those cats too, but um. Yeah, man. Mm. Like I said earlier, it's something that speaks to not just his range as an actor, but but his penchant for making people feel specific things in specific roles. Uh, And like I said, you know, I watched Thurgood, and you know, at first, I really didn't think about. You know, I was a little bit skeptical in terms of the movie. Because any any type of historical biopic uh, that people do these days, you know, I kind of, you know, particularly for black folk, I kind of turn the, you know, side eye to it, you know, unless I watch it and and see, you know, whether or not there's, you know, they they don't do specific things like, you know, have the white savior complex screwing up the biopic or or a number of other things. Yeah. But you know, they let Chadwick immerse himself in that role and you saw third you saw a young third good marshal you saw the complexities of that guy according to the history you know you saw what he was facing you know during his early days of you know like i said you know crisscrossing the south and you know fighting separate but equal policies in terms of education in terms of access to other resources and he did an awesome job with it. And I think, you know, one of the things that, 
you know, people will know him for besides the fact that <clears throat> he is T'Challa now. He, there's nobody else that, that dude's T'Challa. You know, Chadwick T'Challa Bozeman. That's, you know, that's what he is to, to practically all of America right now. But his selection of, of, of parts and roles um, that have impacted people says a whole lot. And like I said, for me personally, Thurgood was was an awesome. That's one of the best roles he's ever played, because you know nobody really knew how outside of what you've read in history books, what Thurgood Marshall really had to face. You know, during those early days, you know, fresh out out of Howard and and brave in the South, you know, with you know, with the obvious resistance in front of him and some resistance that's supposed to be allied, you know, in his camp. So, you know, roles like that really said a lot to me. Um, and I think, uh, you know, as the further out we get from this, um, you're going to see even more nuance. You're going to see even more impact that, he's had on people through the, you know, through his art. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel you, man. It, it, you know, I mean, it evokes different things and different people, but all of it is pretty heavy. Uh, uh, Dominique, yeah. I don't think we ever, did you ever get a, a full out release <laughs> of your thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Um, it's hard to tell because I'm always in my head. Uh, and man, I 2020, man. Uh, and this is, you know, we've been echoed a few times and I think I've been doing a pretty good job of like um, coping, uh, which is kind of all you can do right now. You can cope, you can, you know, it, it, don't succumb. I hope, it, I hope everybody's like not letting this, uh, not that anybody knows him uh, uh, personally, but Chadwick wouldn't want you out here uh, letting his death bring you to a place where you're wallowing or anything like that. Uh, it makes me sad. It makes me sad as a nerd. It makes me sad as a black man. It makes me, uh, it, it reminds me of my mortality. Um, you know, I, I was just at the, at the doctor <clears throat> and and I was having a physical and you know uh, I won't get graphic but you know what they do when you get in a physical you know turn your head and cough uh, and he told me that in a few years it'll be time I'm 35 in a few years it'll be time for the other thing and uh, we as black men need to there's a there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a stigmatism not a stigmatism <laughs> that's your eye thing <laughs> There's stigma. a stigma with <laughs> there's a stigma with black <laughs> men and health and and, uh, and the way we uh, handle our healthcare, right? I, I remember a few years ago, I I've been paying for insurance for like two years and just not going to the doctor. Same. Like for what? Same. You know what I mean? Like wh like why not go get your physical every year? You're paying a this considerable time. amount of money every month to have the ability to go to the doctor, but black men generally. We got insurance just in case somebody chopped my foot off, it ain't gonna send me to the pole house. And right. that's how we mm -hmm. look at healthcare and yeah. we have to be more preventative. And that's not that's not any in any way meant to disparage Chadwick because I'm sure he was getting all the checks and all the balances, but we don't know 
right, if this could have been beaten, if he'd have gone to the doctor a year earlier, or if, if you know what I mean, if, if who knows, right? We, ne- we won't ever know, but I know that regular maintenance, regular preventative care is important, and it's something that, the reason that, that colon cancer is destroying, is, is killing a, a disproportionate amount of black men is because black men don't go get checked. And it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that we scared of, mm. uh, you know what it is. Um, so what I mean, it, it might be helpful to say, I mean, because you know, and that's, that's part of the reason why audio uh, media mostly, right? And I'm like, you, you got, yeah, you got two fingers put in your butt, and it's a little rough, <laughs> uh, it's a little rough to think about, but everybody, all the men in the world that get this done, get through it, they come home, they go and have a drink and eat uh, a food, uh, and it's fine, you're gonna be fine, yeah. but it's a way to prevent. This thing from by the time you go to the doctor talking about doc, my, my midsection is hurting, and then they do all the testing, gonna do it anyway at that point. And by that time, you stage three. You gotta have chemo, your hair gonna fall out. Me and Marcus can't afford no hair falling out. We out here with the crown. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. But take not, care of yourselves. What what and that was the you know, and one of the things that I was thinking about is, you know, I've had I mean, I played football at Tennessee State. I'm thirty five, I'll be thirty six in October. And after I stopped playing football at TSU, the last time that I had a physical was in 2012 when I took a leave of absence from Walmart because I had been working 12-hour shifts and my blood pressure was too high. And they said that I was, even though I was healthy, I was close to a stroke and I needed to, you know, take care of my body, things like that. So it's important, like you said, it helps us realize, you know, that you know, that we are human and we're not superhuman. We won't be here forever. And the fact that that he was able to, you know, two things. Yeah. One, that he was able to continue his work um, while he, he managed to get treatment. But then he was trying to, you know, I was reading that he was sending somebody vegan recipes and how to chop and how to take care of your body during the COVID pandemic, all while he's going through terminal treatment. And so it, for me, you know, to your point, Dominique, about going to the doctor, like it's it's important to have the conversation, even though it's it's, it's un- uncomfortable. Because who knows? Because of his his passing from this cancer, you know, hopefully it will show it'll be an increase of black men going to go get checked and starting early. Um, I was yeah. reading a young lady that was saying that colon cancer runs in her family, and she had to start getting checked at 25 because it's something that for our community and our culture that because there are not as many, you know, black, like, you you know, there are minorities and black attorneys, minorities for black doctors. So there's not somebody that looks like us that can say, hey, you might need to get this, take a look at this because this may, this runs in your family, which increases your risk. And, we, if, and if it's something there, we want to catch it soon. So that's the only reason why I was saying, Dominique, say what it is. So that way our community can understand, you know, that, you know, that's something that we got to take serious and look at for ourselves. And I'm, and I'm talking to myself, too. I, like I said, when I go to my doctor, I'm going to have to have a conversation. You know, I'm almost 40. You know, so. Yeah, it's, it's that's real, brother. Yeah. And I, I it's it's a touchy subject mm-hmm. uh, because because of the stigma attached to it. But we need to remove that stigma. And the only way to remove it is by talking about it. Absolutely. Uh, having a doctor with a latex glove and lubrication, go in and check your colon. The only way they can get there is not homosexual. Not that being homosexual is bad. It just don't make you a homosexual for having that done. So let's release that. Let's release that that energy that we have, that tension that we have about it, 
and let's go to have real conversations with our doctors. Uh, and 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 black men, we like we, we it's enough things out here killing us. Let's stop the things that we can, can stop. Prevent. Right. 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 Yeah, why? Why he in there? Go ahead and get that prostate control check too. Control. True. <laughs> True. Prost. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and get that prostate check. Why you at? Why you there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you're in the doctor, next time you go to the doctor for whatever, yeah. say, hey, doc, is it is it is it crazy for me to ask you to check to, to check check it real quick? Can you check it? Just ask them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but to 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 finish my uh, my diatribe on this, Chadwick Boseman means a lot to me. He will always mean a lot to me. Black Panther as a movie meant so much to me, uh, to the point where I can't even hear when people say it's not one of the best Marvel movies of all time, or yeah. one of the best movies of all time. I can't even hear it. Like it's like yeah, 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 yeah. it sounds like the Charlie Brown teacher. Um, I saw it five times. Uh, it makes me so happy to see that movie, and. Um, his passing brings me a lot of sadness, but I find solace in the fact that his work will live forever and will always have really quality movies about the people that he played, right? We don't really have a, a really, really good Martin Luther mm -hmm. King, but we got a really good MLK, thanks to Denzel. I mean, MLK. We got a really good Malcolm. Thanks to Denzel. We got a really good third good. Thanks to Chad. We got a really good Jackie Robinson. Thanks to Chad. We got a really good King of Wakanda. Thanks to Chad. Cause that's a real dude. And it's a real place. No, you can't tell me different. You know what I'm saying? We got a really good, like we got, we have some quality movies where young black men can see themselves in these things. We have movies. We have a media and art that, can inspire generations for years and years and years to come. And I know I'll be watching it with my kids and my grandkids and they're going to be like, we don't want to watch this old movie. Look at these graphics. They're terrible. And I'll be like, well, you don't even know back in the day that right there was the best thing ever you ever seen. What we was out at the movie theater with our dashikis on and there was African drums playing in the theater. You don't know nothing about nothing. Uh, but who, does, I, you who, know, who doesn't remember those, those, you know, those premier, those Black Panther premieres, man. Where we showed out. I mean, but yeah. doesn't it make you feel good that we that 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 we did that, not even knowing what he was going through, yeah. but knowing how yeah. he was received yeah. by his community and culture to say, "Hey, man, we here with you. We gonna and show you know up and die You know, yeah. and for him to know, like I fought through this, even though it was, you know, he was two years in at that point to to know that. Look how you know they received me. That they that all the work and him saying that he wanted to do another stunt, to do another take, and working the overtime, double overtime, to get the shots right. Going through you know his treatment, mm -hmm. still it was all because he knew what the ultimate goal was for us to have that pride in seeing ourselves on the screen in a different way that we hadn't seen ourselves before. You know, man, that, I'm still waiting on that. I'm still waiting on the Kugler cut. You know, they got a Snyder cut of Justice League. I want to get the Kugler cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, I, I think it. I grew up in a black church. Four hours, five hours. <laughs> I, listen, if I don't get a solid six hours of sleep, I ain't no good at work the next day. My man was filming whole movies. And going to chemo, and he not—I I sit right here when I work every day, and I'm no good if I don't get a solid six. My man is hitting the ha, 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 stop, freeze, cut, go back to makeup, let him rub some black stuff on your eye because you got a black eye. Go back out there, come back, go to yeah. your chemotherapy session at 3 p.m., come back at 4:45. We gonna film some more. We got a night shoot tonight. He was doing all of that, yeah. and it like it. <laughs> If it don't inspire you, if it don't if it don't make you want to do better for yourself, it don't make you want to do better for others. I don't know what will. 
I mean, he played he played a a, a fictional character, yeah. a fictional superhero. I mean, he was he out here being a real superhero, real, you yeah. know. For real, boy. and I was gonna say too. Yeah, one thing exactly. that I noticed is is that you know I, I I read you know I was so glad for him and his family to be able to release the news and not TMZ, which right. also lets you know that not only did he communicate what his goals were for him, but his like his wife had to know, his family had to know, his agent because it was a hey we're Marvel had certain mm-hmm. Mar- well I don't I don't know because like I think I think they did. You, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. See, I've been reading a lot of articles, and nobody seems to have known. And it's possible that he may have told them, but it, it, it doesn't seem like anybody outside of his immediate circle within his his company or his his production his his team knew that they didn't release that information out. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's possible that yeah. Marvel. That's that's a good point to le- let him leave the set like that. But they mm-hmm. probably won't ever say. Yeah, and I think that, you know, what Marcus just pointed out is very important because, you know, besides, you know, the airtight, top secret type of environment that had to be, you know, amongst his family members to keep this information in, he got to control his own narrative at the end. Man, yeah. And And that's a lot of people are like, why wouldn't you say that you had cancer like we should have known for four years? But then we'd all been like... Oh, you're gonna do Black Panther, even though you got the cancer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't want to be babied for his last few years. He didn't know that it was gonna be his last few years, but you know, everything would have been colored mm-hmm. by cancer. Well, not, yeah, not just that. You know, as much love as we think Chadwick, you know, is entitled to, you got entities out there that don't. Point blank. You got folks that are even now that are, you know. Although they're the they're the quote unquote silent minority, um, you know people mourning and they'll they'll just say, well, Black Panther's not a good movie, or 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 well, um, they'll just all sorts of really outlandish types of of stuff that that are that's only meant to really hurt people. You know what I'm saying? People that are already mm-hmm. hurt because they. You know they've got a you know, emotional connection, right? Exactly, because they've got a real emotional connection to, you know, to what this, to the work that this guy has done. So, I mean, that by itself is incredible. Because in this day and age mm-hmm. of, of social media and instant I got digital, some, uh... digital news, there's no. I mean, that's incredible that he that he kept that under wraps for four yeah. years. Yeah. You know, it, it, even the facilities that he was going to. I mean, you know, my mom had cancer and she beat cancer um, and going to your facilities, your oncologist, you know, the different nurses, the, the different the different times that your name gets sent out to a different treatment facility when they're doing a biopsy. I mean, there's just so many different chains in it that could have been broken. And, you know, that's why I just feel like everything that, that, that they did was with such purpose, with great purpose and understanding that we've got to make sure that we control this until the end, because none of that leaked ever. Um, ever, you know. Yeah, it says a lot. Yeah, that's respect. Yeah, and I, I have some like I don't say breaking news, but news as of five fifty two today on August 29th, uh Chad Bozeman's tweet, or rather the tweet announcing his passing, most is now the most liked tweet ever on Twitter. Yeah. Wow. As of as of five as of five fifty two. It had 5.9 million likes, and so there's over 80,000 people 
80,000 people are talking about it right now. Yeah, it's over 7 million now. Talking about that. Yeah, it's 7 million. I added my like at 7.2. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and imagine that. That was that was at five fifty two, and right now it's nine. It's nine o'clock Eastern. So like, you think about how much the last, the second most liked tweet was Barack Obama's tweet talking about racism, um, on in August of two thousand seventeen. That was four point three million likes. So you think about. I mean, everybody likes Obama. That doesn't like the other guy that's in the White House right now. Like everybody would, you know, everybody would sense likes him. Even people that don't necessarily didn't vote for him. Like, yeah, you know, I didn't vote for the guy, but I like him. You know, he has a good singing voice. Whatever your reason is for liking Obama, like you think about <laughs> the people that like that tweet just about saying like, hey man, this man died, but he died in a, a way that is unprecedented right now because TMZ didn't didn't figure out that he was sick three years ago and his cousin didn't sell out sell him out for 20 bucks yeah and some retweets yeah, and you know like the the hospital didn't say nothing i mean four years i i hate to bring it bring it up because i'm still i'm still hurt about it but like you think about cops was telling people kobe died before vanessa knew and this man was sick for so long and didn't once like people were like man i bet he like Tired of doing that Wakanda for everything. And you remember seeing Chad out and he was like doing this thing and like yeah, he looked all star game. Tired. And you was like, man. Yeah, the all-star game, especially. He was like, man, he's tired of doing it. Yeah. Man was tired. You know, like I have a very, very close friend of mine that survived cancer and was going through chemo. And she tells me, like, we had this conversation yesterday, matter of fact. She was just like, man, like, I couldn't even like, I didn't even want to go like walk to the car after chemo. And this dude was acting and running and jumping and doing all type of stuff. Like that's that is rough. You know what I'm saying? Surgeries, chemo, all that stuff. And you know, he out there shirtless, fighting people with spears and, and whatnot, like in the middle of a, a, a waterfall, yeah. looking like black Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a testament not only to himself, but the people around him. The support that he had, and like, if just not being like him is enough for you, like, be like him and be that person that's in someone else's circle that supports him like that. Strive to have a circle like that. Strive to be that person in that circle that be like, man, look, whatever you're going through, like, if I can help, let me know, and I ain't gonna say like, I'm not about to help you out and then go on Facebook and be like. Man, you know what, man? Hey, you know my boy Marcus Shoot. I know he a lawyer and everything, but he needed twenty bucks, and I slid him a little Jackson. And you know, I ain't gonna say nothing about it, but you know, what I'm saying like, oh man, like you, right? Yeah, you gotta be a force of good, because like he was talking about. I remember like Channel Two was talking about how there was a kid that died in Edelston in Georgia, and he died, I think, in December of two thousand seventeen. And Chad was like hurt. And I think he invited his parents to like the premiere because the kid was just like, man, I just want to stay alive long enough to see Black Panther. And I think he let the kids see like an early version of it, but it wasn't finished. Or he was just for like one kid just to be like, man, I really want to see the movie. And it wasn't like they were like, like a make a wish kid. You just sent him a letter and he came. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could say from hindsight, 
oh, he identified with the kid because he had cancer. The kid had cancer. No, I don't think that was it. I think it was. Oh, I was a good dude. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like yeah. as as good of an actor as he was, I think he was a better human being. Yeah, and I think um, Roberto is is on point there. And I, you know, and just to kind of take what we do for example, you know, where you know we're in our own we're in our own circle where we're we're representing you know a niche that isn't really talked about a whole lot. But I think the big thing about platforms that he has, platforms that many of us, like you know, many people like us have, um, no matter how small, no matter how um, seemingly insignificant, is that you can do good. You can do good by people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that's, you know, presenting, presenting an image of something that, you know, folks like us don't necessarily see. Whether it's encouraging that, you know, that kid to get into STEM or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, champion the cause of HBCUs to people that, you know, may not or may not necessarily get that exposure to it or may or more importantly may, you know, get negative exposure to it for people that don't necessarily appreciate what HBCUs represent. I mean, just a number of things, even professional. You know, we're, I look at us, we're five black prof- black IT professionals. Well, minus Marcus. Marcus is like a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, you, you get what I'm saying. He's a professional professional. Professional. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had letters next to his name. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, exactly. the, fact the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we all have a platform, not just out of a podcast, but on it in in our daily lives on a daily basis. Being an example, like you know, my my daughter uh, was here today, and the first thing that she asked me uh, before she rolled out with her mom was that, mm-hmm. uh, "Daddy, uh, I know we talked about the the kids' podcast. When are we going to do it?" And it's like, "We're going to do it soon, kiddo. We're going to do it soon." And I got friends and stuff that are looking, looking, you know, that are looking for it, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me. Uh, when are we going to do it? It's like, okay, we're going to do it soon. We're going to do it soon. And the fact that she's so excited about it, you know, that that hit that hit me pretty, you know, that gave me warm fuzzies, because, you know, before I started doing this. She wasn't really a STEM kid. She was a doll baby and 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 all sorts of stuff kid. And the fact that you know people are seeing this and they are really embracing the platform, just like you know Chad. Chad, you know who? I mean, who knew this would have been the outcome? His Chadwood's freshman year at Howard or senior year at high school. You know. I mean, nobody except for Chad and the people that, you know, people in his circle, his support system that had the love and confidence in him to to push him to excel. And I think, you know, what he's accomplished is, you know, besides the fact that he embodied a lot of what's good about black folk 
in general here is he embodies what can be achieved if we put our minds to it. We put our minds to it and think about others and think about how to impact others' lives, how to do so in a way that inspires people. You know, that's black. That's what Black Panther was. When Black Panther was released, I mean, mm. dude, there wasn't a black person in this country. Well, I won't say it wasn't because you always got those, quote unquote. <laughs> I was gonna say you can't say there ain't no yeah, black people in this country. Gonna, yeah, all my, the people that spoke I, at the Republican yeah, National Convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. You, so you didn't watch the RNC? No, no. <laughs> you didn't watch the RNC? There was a couple. <laughs> But, Herschel Walker, what are you doing, Herschel? Yeah, yeah. They had a Howard grad up there too. Oh man. Yeah, Herschel. I had. A, yeah, yeah, no comment. But um, I think the I think the point I'm trying to trying to you know get to is that you know he's a perfect example of of a of a guy that had that had immense talent that wasn't afraid to use his platform to make the least of us better. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it's all about. That's what, you know, and not just black folk in general, but people, you know, you, you know, you could, you know, that guy could have been a prima donna, but he ain't, he wasn't. He could have been, you know, mm-hmm. he could have just been the type of cat that I'm here for the photo op and, you know, I'm rolling out, but he's not, he's, you know, he's, mm-hmm pumping out movies and stage three cancer and visiting cancer patients, you know, because he wants to, and he, and he feels that he can impact lives. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing for me that I take away from his work and his life, you know, young cat, my, I mean, in his forties, you know, I'm in my forties and it's, it's sobering, you know, and not only that, it's like he accomplished a lot. It's like, man, I got a lot of stuff to do. I got people to impact. You and, know, you know, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people know, know him for, for Black Panther. And like, so <laughs> like after, after the movie came out, you know, he had to go around and do, and do the whole marketing circuit and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so I think after a while, he, he kind of got tired of it. But because uh, I, I think... <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. I think it seemed like, you know, having to, you know, do Wakanda forever all the time. Every time you saw someone, yeah, I think it might have gotten maybe a little tiring after a while. Because I mean, he did go on to do other other films, uh, but at the same time, I think he kind of soldiered through it because he knew, he knew you know, what, what this right. He knew what it, he knew what this means. He he even um uh well, another thing about the the Coogler. Uh, statement is that he pointed out that Chadwick himself wanted to do an a- like an African accent with mm-hmm. uh, on Black Panther because just to show that Europe did not count did not conquer yes. Wakanda like it it was like a straight defiance mm-hmm. of European colonialism like like yeah they might have conquered those other countries they ain't get us so we gonna we gonna be blackity black black up in here so like <laughs> yeah. but uh <laughs> but I mean I mean I think that's I mean. It, just, just the fact that he even, you know, uh, pursued that and, and championed that to kind of say, look, 
You know, it, this is what would happen if Europeans didn't take over Africa. This is what could happen. Look at, look at the, the progress, the technological progress. Like, Africa is a huge continent, like a huge continent. Imagine how much uh, innovation could come out of that one continent, out of that huge continent. And with, like, that millions of ethnicities and cultures and stuff. And, like, it's just rich in history and culture. And it's like, imagine what would happen if that wasn't tainted, you know, by the, by the Europeans. I mean, it is what it is now, but still... <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. and another thing about, uh, about HBCUs, yeah, I, I think it's... that, uh, like just the fact that he went to Howard, I mean, I didn't go to Howard, my wife went to Howard temporarily, she didn't graduate, but she did go to Howard. And so I think for her, it might even be, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, she kind of feels at, at home. That's one of the reasons why she won't, why we live here is because she really likes the DC area. She, you know, she went to Howard, she liked the area. So, uh, uh, and I, I pers- per- I'm trying not to, uh, <laughs> I have a lisp here. I have I have these uh, <laughs> these aligners in my in my teeth. I'm trying not to uh, have a lisp, um, but like j- just the fact that a Howard product made it this far got the most liked tweet. Even, I mean, granted, it was because of his death, but right. But the very fact that a black a black man mm-hmm. that went to Howard from South Carolina. And like he he's made this much of an impact. Like I think that goes to show that one. Going to an HBCU is not a, a death wish or you know a career. It, it, if it anything, it enhances it, it enhances your career. Yeah. Uh, it, it it also mm-hmm. shows that um the only one of the one of the one of the breaks he got was uh someone might have mentioned this. Uh, Felicia Rashad was one of his professors, yeah. and I think because uh I for, I forgot exactly how it happened, but I think because of her connection to Denzel, they were able to fund his schooling in london it was a school of our school theater school mm-hmm. in london and he went there with i think with some other people um but because of that backing look at what he's been able to accomplish and that goes to herb's point about reaching back to the to the um you know to the the least of us right if we can use what we had use like those of us who are successful i mean i think i would like to say all of us are pretty successful in what we're doing right if we can use what we have and give back to our community and you know, show people, hey, you 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 want to? Uh, we're the black techie. You want to get into tech? You want to get into coding? Hey, here's a Chromebook. Here's a laptop. Go let let's learn how to code. You want you want to uh, go to to an HBCU? Here's a book scholarship. Here's a scholarship. You know, let's. And I I've talked about this kind of off uh, off camera before with uh, her, but uh, and the the rest of the group. But I would really like to for the black techies to be. You know, we we could remain part, you know, mainly a podcast, but it would be great if we could use our platform, uh, like monetarily, if we could be a sponsor for an esports tournament or for an HBCU esports tournament. If we could sponsor, you know, a book scholarship. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like a full scholarship or anything like that, but you know, just five hundred dollar yeah. book scholarship. Mm-hmm. Hey, to to your HBCU choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, let's let's do some kind of some kind of tangible way of giving back to our community that leads them to be better, to be successful, and then they give back. You know, it's the whole reach one, give whatever that, I forgot. <laughs> but uh, Each one, teach one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> well, well as, a side, as a side note to what Dave um, just laid out, which I absolutely positively agree with, um, here's some non-Wakanda-related news that we'll probably cover in depth um, in our next podcast. 
and that is um, Star League Gaming coming out with the MEAC doing a full-fledged esports league for for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to start in the fall of 2021. Yeah, and right now, 16 teams. Uh, I know in our past podcast with um, Professor John Cash or Johnson C. Smith, he hinted at it, but he couldn't really devote. He couldn't really give up the goods because you know he was, you know, NDA. On it. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that both, well, the MEAC is doing their own league. There's going to be an HBCU league sponsored by Star League Gaming that's going to consist of schools from the MEAC, the SWAC, and some CIAA and some other um, other institutions. I think there's there are a couple in the NAIA institutions there as well. Um, but this looks like to be a trend because I think SWAC is look, starting to look at that um, look at that model to do their own league. Now, while we're on this topic, before we get back on to our regular, you know, the topic, I cannot emphasize this more. For those of you guys that are following the podcast, if you're on campus, you know, if you play, if you can play Madden, you can start an esports club. If you can play FIFA, you can start an esports club on campus. Hey, if you can play COD or, or Halo, COD, right, 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 right. Legends, and if right, I, I really start, want to start. I really want to just go to TA. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's crazy to do in Corona, yeah. but I go, really want to go up there and just like yeah. coach some people and like get this thing started because I, I have such a passion for the game. Yeah, go to go to your SGA reps. Start get them to start because right now is the prime. There isn't a better time right now for HBCUs to get their get a big footprint in the industry, and it's happening. It's happening really, really fast, a lot faster than any of us thought it was going to happen. So, if you're out there, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and let me just emphasize that this is not just about gaming either. It's not about you picking up the sticks and you know trying to frag somebody on Call of Duty. It's about you. It's about people, uh, you know, people of color getting more representation in a multi-billion dollar industry. And HBCUs... uh, Coaches, PR, there's so many different ways that you can make esports work for you if you have Mm -hmm. even a a cursory passion for gaming or competition or all of the things, you know, sports, you can really make it work for you. Exactly. And... The fact that you know we've got uh, we've got two we've got two of the schools that are going to be in that tournament represented here on this panel, uh, Tennessee State, North Carolina, and I believe Morehouse, Tennessee State and Morehouse are going to have representation there. I'm not sure about North Carolina and T. I got to take a look at that again. But you know, me being an Alabama State product, I'm trying to get those cats on board. You know, I'm going to be talking to people this week in terms of hey, look, see what's happening. Please uh, do something. <laughs> Start a club. Do something, and that should be you know mm-hmm. any student that's on campus that's a gamer that loves the culture, and you know it's not about you just being able to play play as a pro. It's about opening the door for HBCUs to be able to impact the space. And um, in light of our conversation, even though this is kind of off off on a tangent, it's still related because. It's something that, you know, this platform, I know we've 
we've championed this cause since you know we really uh, became aware of it. And that it's been Dave, what about like about a year and a half or so that we've been How about know, esports? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talking about it longer than that, a lot longer than that. <laughs> uh, so maybe. But mm-hmm. you know, while you know, while you're listening to the podcast, pass the word. Pass the word to, you know, to whatever points of contact you got on your campuses and your administrations. Mm-hmm. Emphasize that this is an opportunity. This is not just games. Mm-hmm. And some of the old folks in your administration, yes, I said it to the folks that are listening, old folks in an administration that don't understand what technology is, it's your job to communicate that fact, that this is something that's an opportunity, not something to be feared, like, you know, like the Stone Age tools or something, you know, it, <laughs> it's, yeah, just, you know, I had to get that out while we we're talking about this. Ashley, I think it might be a good time to ask you to wrap up. Uh, it's about 9.33 my time. So uh, <laughs> my, my dad needs to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Hopefully she You're is. Sleep, honestly. I know, right? Exactly. But uh, Ashley, to your point, so I, I think this all kind of uh, speaks of, I mean, we, we talked about how we need re- representation, especially in tech spaces. We, we've seen how Chadwick has championed representation in the film industry. Black Panther is a billion-dollar movie. Like, what what black movie do you know is a billion-dollar movie? Right? So we need more things like that. So what you can do, either the listener or the viewer, if you want this, the black techies, to be, to, to continue that, to continue in that spirit, I would encourage you to, one, subscribe to the podcast or, or and or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, like like us on all the social media stuff. Three, we do have a Patreon page. Like you can give actual money <laughs> so that we can do this stuff. Like we, we do have things to pay for, like the website, we got you know video editing stuff. We actually have bills for this thing and marketing. That really helps, honestly. Uh the last time we did our a big marketing push, we got like a uh, hundred uh follows on Facebook, like overnight. Um, no, maybe like two hundred or something, something like that. But uh, but yeah. So the yeah, it was more than that. Yeah. So uh, Patreon.com/slash The Black Techies. Go there. It's only five five bucks. I think you can do uh, less if you if you want to, but just five bucks a month. And what we what we're trying to do is one, build a community. We want to kind of build this thing up. And two, the money that we do raise. Uh, you know, I mentioned being a sponsor for esports i mentioned doing book scholarships i we we want to do that kind of stuff but that that takes money right and all of us got jobs all of us have you know we can pitch in when we can but you know some of that stuff is just going to take a little bit more uh of a a community building thing so i would encourage you if you can i understand you know you know people kind of struggling right now so if you can't don't do it please do not give to us if you cannot you know, if you, I know it's five dollars, but for some people, five dollars is a lot. So don't do it if you can't. But if you can spare it, I would, I would ask you to, to please go to our Patreon and support us. Uh, uh, like I said, share, share us on all, on all the socials and all that stuff. Um, and I guess, I guess one thing for me to just to kind of leave. If you can't financially support, though, sh- telling a, telling a friend to listen, telling two friends to listen. That's the kind of that's the that's a way that with that doesn't cost you any money. And if mm-hmm. tech ain't their thing, it's okay, right? I'm funny as hell. 
So you don't even have to know technology to laugh at some of the stuff we talking about. But even if you don't want to listen to the podcast, tell a couple friends to tell a couple friends. And eventually some there's a nerd down that line somewhere that will enjoy the content that we're putting out. But more importantly, like they said, we're talking about uplifting the black community and we're not talking, we're not doing, we're, none of us are in this to get rich. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a few samples or something or invite to, uh, to CES, but we're not, we're not in here to, this is not, uh, this is not us saying give us $5 so we can get a, so we can buy a house. This is us saying you support the Patreon so then we can continue to support uh, our people in the, in the realm of STEM and gaming and nerddom and all the, the the uplifting of our people, not just yeah. people that are athletes. Yeah. Well, well let me mm-hmm. let me just say this. Uh, I think Dom is funny to just about everybody except for that one cat that was in the <laughs> Facebook group. Uh, Hard pass is... on the Dom guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that dude he kind of has it out for you, man. I, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna win any fans with him. Because uh, but... he's a Republican. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I never mind. I was going to say something, but I remember we we're not supposed to curse on this. So. <laughs> but yeah, but he should he should spend some time, some intimate time with himself. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Man, but yeah. Um, just to you know, again, uh, for everybody that's that supports us and listens to us, um, passes the word, you know. You're the guys that we do the podcast for, and we we absolutely appreciate everything that comes with you guys listening and 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 getting the word out about us. Um, in the future, we're going to be continuing to put out you know really dope content. Uh, there are some other projects and stuff that are on the horizon by some of our members, and that will that announcement for for those things will come at a at a little bit later date, but some immediate things that are going to be on, on the pike. There will be a kids podcast where the kids are going to be doing, running the show. God help us. And, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that that's going to be interesting because kids and technology are, that's a unique. Fortnite and esports. Yes. Fortnite, esports and LOL. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will say TikTok and Peppa Pig, and then you round out the kids' usage of technology right there. A lot though. Peppa Pig is kind of gangster. She's she, she kind of hard. But yeah, I second that on Peppa. Peppa's, Peppa's a thug. Peppa don't play no games. <laughs> no shorts, no shorts taken from Peppa. But yeah, we want to just you know while we got the opportunity, we want to just send a collective thank you out to everybody that listens to us, everybody that's had the opportunity to interact with us. Uh, like I said, uh, Professor John Cash, Johnson C. Smith, um, uh, some of our other guests that we've had, Tech Me Out. Um, uh, who's the young man that you interviewed? Oh, Dave? Uh, you, you'll get in trouble. Uh, yeah. uh, Ke- Kevin, he, Kevin, Kevin, the tech engineer. Mess no names up. He did an interview. Yeah, you get in trouble. <laughs> you're going to forget one person. edit that too. <laughs> so we had, we had Kevin, the tech ninja, Tech Me Out, and uh, Soldier Knows Best. Exactly. So we had the mother, and we and and we have more in store. I'm trying to get technically T on here. He's actually agreed to be on the on the podcast. It's just a matter of timing and uh, scheduling and all that kind of stuff. But he has agreed to be on it. So if you, if you know who te- technically T is, uh, go ahead and follow him on uh, on on Twitter. Yeah, he's he might be the next one. I'm trying to get some some other folks on here. Uh, 
like maybe your average consumer no but uh <laughs> but uh they did when, so I, I, when i asked them on twitter they didn't like the tweet i was like all right well maybe they might be interested <laughs> but they just had a baby so i don't know we might but, be uh, opposite in the spectrum man we, you know your average consumer and then flossie carter on top of that oh man <laughs> see it's it's a hey, flossie we, and white shoes but yeah <laughs> white shoes hey i say that every time every time he comes on too but uh <laughs> but yeah man we, we we got a lot of stuff going on uh so i would encourage you all to to subscribe to tell people like like dominique said tell you know i i know we're called the black techies but we i guess we're more of a blurred channel or kind of because we we do talk about other nerdy stuff and uh, we had a whole game of thrones episode right (laughs) so like you know we're not just about tech that's that's, i guess maybe our bread and butter but that's not the only thing we talk about so if you're into that kind of stuff subscribe for that you know Mm -hmm. uh tell folks about that you can listen to us uh argue about Samsungs we, and Androids and Apples. On and... that note, we really need to figure out if I don't know if we're gonna do a spinoff or a special episode. Somebody, we got to talk about this Lovecraft. Love, love Are y'all watching this? Listen, yes, sir. I don't know what it's about. I really don't know what it's about. <laughs> I watched both episodes. I watched them. I didn't even. I wasn't even playing a game on my phone while I was watching. I was watching it, and at the end of the second episode, I was like, huh. I think it's on right now because Twitter is talking about it. So that's what yeah. I'm that's looking down there right now. Scrolling I'm staying off the social medias because they'll mess around and be like, man, do you believe Atticus is actually... Oh, yeah, they, they already I, talking about stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that, yeah that, that, you got to watch that. Yeah, the whole stream is just blocked out right now until I got the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm not looking at none of that. We, we got we to get us a little conversation going on about that because maybe one of y'all can explain to me what is Lovecraft Country because I don't know. I really yeah. want to know, but I don't. Know. I, and I, I do. I still want to do an episode about Cannon Busters. We got to talk about Cannon Busters. Yeah, uh, I was just, I was just thinking year, that. We got to talk Watchmen. about Cannon Busters. I'm gonna have to watch the I whole think, thing again just to remember what happened. Yeah, <laughs> but, I think, <laughs> I think that uh, shout out to Lovecraft and Watchmen for apparently teaching America about its own history. Yes, sir. I mean, what? <laughs> I think you know what? Um, as I an, as an, think we was talking about when we said Black Wall Street. Look, look, they don't, they thought that was a, a, a another label that Puff Daddy started. So just ignore that. Uh, you know, America is a lot like the English language. And for an English major, that's like, the more you learn about English, the more you hate it. And the more it infuri- infuriates you, but you still love it. And that is a lot of the thing with America, is that the more you kind of learn about America, you're like, oh, so Central Park used to, oh, so yeah, so Lake Lanier, y'all just drowned a whole, Oh, is that why? Oh, wow. So, yeah, all the Indian sense. y'all just killed. So, y'all just sent them and then you gave them a casino. Wow. Okay. Man, so, I'm you stole sad. Texas, but it was Mexico. And now y'all hate Mexicans because you think they stole some stuff from Walmart in your healthcare that you can't get. But even yeah. an American citizen with a social security number, I have a hard time getting so to. Not a political podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm just. Podcast. Yeah, it's like a subtitle of the podcast, not a political fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, like I, I mean, facts. These are just facts of history. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, this is this is history. Like whatever political party you are in, I, we we do know that America, much like the Fire Nation and Avatar, loves to rewrite history uh, <laughs> and make itself sound good. But I promise you, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I promise oh, you. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this. Time, H- HBO, HBO is like the Malcolm X of premium cable channels because that's <laughs> what they do is piss off white folk. 
<laughs> but then they canceled I mean, the shows. They canceled Watchmen season two. I'm not gonna give him Malcolm X. I, at best, I'll give him Kanye before uh, before nah, Kim. Pre Kim Kanye. Don't do I can't that. give him. I can't give him Malcolm because <laughs> if don't Malcolm would have renewed Watchmen for eternity, that would be like whatever you need. That's you why got. The HBO's kind of gone through some mental issue. Next thing you know, they're gonna be conservative. Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I mean, they, they almost, almost did that, that slavery show. Yeah. Yeah, I almost heard they almost did that. I wish that, it came out. That's still they haven't ruled that out. And that, I hope not. I hope yeah. they put it out. Yeah, they haven't ruled that out. Um, same thing with Amazon. I know we were talking about this a while, you know, on, on one of our most on one of our earliest shows. Um the you know, Amazon was Amazon actually started, you know, did a product, you know, started doing started a production of an alternate history show in response to that, to mm-hmm. uh, um, to you know, to that show that was going to come out on HBO after Game of Thrones. So we haven't heard much news from it. They haven't said they ain't doing it. So mm. no, man, you might we might be seeing something crazy once you know once all this stuff kind of starts pulling off a little bit. Hey, look, whoever, if for anybody listening to this right now, if you're not a minority, then you don't understand how minorities say goodbye because David told us to shut up like 10 minutes ago. And this is exactly what happened. You know, you try to leave the cookout and you'd be like, all right, now I'll see y'all later. What happened? Oh, no, nah, these shoes, nah, I got them from Stockett. Oh, you talking about the thing? No, nah, well, I was, well, okay, let me tell you real quick about the. And you see, never see, leave. Just like the black church, you know, the, the guest preacher come in. I'm just going, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take y'all time. I'm not going to take y'all time. <laughs> Four hours I'm later, exactly, and somebody scream out, "Take your time, Pastor!" If y'all would just turn your Bibles to Hosea, I got. One more. I'm finna close. I'm finna close. You'd be like, well, "I remember when I was a kid." That finna close. You'd be like, "Oh, he just said I'm finna close. We're gonna be here another forty-five minutes." Yeah. Hmm. We're not through all that. We gotta close though. Yeah. 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 Look, yeah. you're welcome, David. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, but for, but for real, like, support the podcast however you feel is necessary. But the important thing is, please support the podcast, ladies. We got y'all too. As a as a quick little insight, one of the best uh, performing episodes, according to iTunes, is the ladies' podcast. So just just want to put that out there, ladies. This mm. this ain't just for us. I know you see five guys here. My my wife was on, but you know this this is for you too. Uh, in fact, and in fact, next Tuesday I have an interview with uh, with a lady um, who who started a company that basically provides technology for lower income families so that they can do education. Be on the lookout for that. That that interview is coming next Tuesday, uh, cool. or this Tuesday, I guess. Um, so yeah, be be on, be on the lookout for that. Um, outside we of that, if, if there's a young lady that wants to be a techie, we're not mad at it. Like, just holler at us. On, at the man, we encourage team. it. Like, we encourage it. We had, <laughs> we had, I mean, uh, uh, Queen Tiff, uh, was is out here just making too many boss moves to come and sit down with the, with the young guys. But, uh, we, yeah, we want y'all on the podcast. We want multiple mm-hmm. voices, uh, multiple black voices, but multiple voices and all that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I ain't gonna keep, yeah, go ahead, Nate, wrap it up. You got it. All right, no, we good. So I, in fact, uh, everyone gets get thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Your last word. All right, Marcus, go ahead. <laughs> oh man, you gonna make me go first for thirty seconds? No, I really do appreciate this space for us to talk about. You know, the impact that Chadwick Boseman had on us as an actor and as a man, and uh, you know, just going through reflecting with you all guys just encourages me and enthuses and enthuses me more to want to continue to do. 
um, to leave a legacy like he did behind. So that's all I got. All right, Mister Mister Joseph, your turn. I'm look. I'm I'm setting my timer. I got a timer over here. I'm gonna set it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank you all for like always having the opportunity and the time and the even when we don't really have the time as you know fathers and workers and all that other stuff to do this to stop and say like look we need to try and do this real quick we need to just try and get this off our chest come together talk it out heal um this ain't therapy by itself now y'all if y'all need some therapy go actually go out and seek it take care of your body take care of your mind like marshawn said take care of your chickens take care of your mentals love y'all man yeah, and the alarm went off. <laughs> and the alarm went off. I'm a man of my word. All right, Herb, I'll, I'll uh, kick it, kick it to you. Well, um, thank you, Chadwick. That I mean, as far as all the love that's been given to you, man, that's all that really needs to be said. Thank you, um, and thank everybody that listens to this podcast. That takes the time out of their schedule to, you know, to indulge our whims and our humor and, and everything else in between. We appreciate everything. Thank you. All right. I think that's the shortest herb is ever. I'm just kidding. What? about chad like herb said thank you chad we love you brother we we gonna miss you it's i've been fighting back tears this whole episode and i've been using humor to do that because it makes me really sad but on that note arrest the killers that kill that uh killed brianna taylor we not playing about this uh we not gonna stop talking about it uh the the black uh uh da that is ignored that that spoke for trump that's not i hope i hope you don't get another night of peace Brother, you're not you all skin folk and kin folk. I hope you never I hope you do not rest until you do your job, brother. Um uh the 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 the, the, the people who uh attacked Jacob Blake, I hope that they never get another day of rest. Uh that brother should not have been shot. I am tired of this, keep uh continuing to happen. It's it's it, it's just such a collective weight that keeps getting put on every time you almost get out, every time you like all right, man, like, it's not like we okay that George Floyd been gone, and it's not like time makes it easy, but time makes it, time gets us to a place where we don't have to think about it all day. And then as soon as you get to a place where you're like, <gasps> another one, and they're doing it on purpose, and it's really bothering me. So, we need reform, defund the police, we're not playing about this, we're not gonna stop talking about this, y'all need to take y'all behinds down to the polls on November whatever the first Tuesday in November is, I think it's the fourth, uh, vote. Uh, make sure you're registered to vote. A great resource. It's, it's apolitical. Uh, votesaveamerica.com. If you go to that website, there's links to all your different states. Uh, you can also go to uh, and adopt a state, any one of the battleground states. This is blue-leaning. It's one of the battleground states. If you're interested in how you can help, but you live somewhere where, like, you live in California, it's blue, or you live in Tennessee and it's red and you know it's going to be that either way, but you want to affect the outcome of the race, adopt the state. They'll put you to work. It, everything's virtual now anyway. It doesn't matter where you live. So no, you can't vote, but you can do texts. You can do calls. You can do uh, door knocking. You can do email campaigns. So help. Adopt the state. Um, 
Make sure you register to vote. Please go vote. Every day you guys wake up, first of all, go through this week. Do something good for somebody if you can. Um, every day you wake up, we're closer and closer to Trumpito, Tangerino, Donald J. Trumpito not being y'all president anymore. I love y'all. We're kind of forever. And I will also add, vote in your local elections. Please, Please. vote locally. <laughs> Every time. here because of a local election. The DA matters, guys. Your mayor matters. Your sheriff matters. Your police chief matters. All of yes. Most All of it. Most of these things are elected positions. I would say it matters more than the president because the president Absolutely. doesn't affect you directly. <laughs> yeah. So, on that note, hell kind of. <laughs> what kind of?